Let's give it up for Kelly, Kelly Head. Is, is Kelly in here somewhere? Is she over here? Where's she? She's coming? All right. She's usually volunteering somewhere. Uh, if you knew how shy Kelly was, you'd know what a miracle that was right there. Shy in front of a crowd, but uh, she will, uh, she'll tell you like it is when it's one-on-one. Amen? That's what I love about that girl. A great woman of God she is, and uh, the first lady has arrived. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know I love you, baby. I love you. How about the uh, Encounter Student Ministry Drama Team? Wasn't that good? Hey, how about that trio today? Wasn't that good? Man. Awesome. I'm so blessed to be your pastor. So blessed. We are talking about testimonies, giving your testimony. That's the old school word for telling your story. Uh, Mike and Leanne, I am so mad at y'all. Man. Uh, but it, and I'm sorry about Kentucky. Went, they went down last night. So, you know, just thought I'd mention it. Uh, but uh, guys, let, let me tell you what y'all have done. You've helped me pastor this church. That's what you've done. To be honest with you, I don't ever remember pastoring you. I really don't. All I remember is you helping me pastor this church. You're awesome. You know me, warts and all. And you've loved me through it all. I thank you for that. I'll never, ever forget you. And um, I want to go stay with you a week later (laughs) when you go to Tennessee because I've seen the house and the lake I'd like for y'all to actually go somewhere else while I'm there but (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) Uh, love you guys so much hey how about the stage doesn't it look good look good man amen give it up for uh, Pastor Jared and I don't know who all was involved with this. I, I shouldn't uh, probably call names, but looks really good. And uh, these are modern-day Christmas trees. Ran into a couple of old people earlier and had to explain to them what all this was up here. And for those of you who've always been bothered by uh, us not having a cross, get you some of that right there. Amen. <laughs> we got some cross up in your grill now. Amen. You have a story, God gave it to you and expects you to share it. Jesus is our example in everything. Look at Matthew 13, 34. Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. Stories are powerful. Kelly's story was powerful. All the other video testimonies we have had um, throughout this series have been powerful and have spoken to people at different places and spoken to different people. You know, Kelly's testimony today spoke to some people that last week Glenn's testimony maybe didn't relate to them as much, but Kelly's did. And I think about um, the others who 
have given their testimonies and how you have communicated with me in various ways, letting me know what those testimonies, those stories meant to you. We've learned this about our story, it's powerful. And I wanna make really clear, guys, that we're not talking about any kind of story. We're talking about a conversion experience. We're not talking about little nice stories of how we came through a battle and our friends rallied and all that's good. I'm not against any of that, but that's not the kind of story we're talking about in this series. We're talking about a story before Jesus, your story of coming to Jesus and what your life has been like since you have accepted Christ as your personal savior. That story is always a powerful story. We talked about how your story needs to be crafted, how God deserves excellence, amen? God deserves excellence in everything we do, so work on your story, write it down, pray over it, let God work on you while you work on your story. God will remind you of things and God will uh, bring thoughts to your mind that you had forgotten about simply because you have not sought him for the remembrance of those things. Begin to seek him and say, God, help me remember details about what my life was like and remember details about how I came to you and remember details about what my life has been like since you've come into my heart and help me to know how to write that. Help me to know how to say that. Craft your story. There is no better way that I know of. If you're in a rut spiritually, if you are just in a... You, you know, you're a Christian, but you kind of feel beat down. You kind of feel burdened, and you kind of feel like um, your, your walk with the Lord is stale and cold, and you don't really know what to do to get it going. I got to tell you guys, working on your story, asking God to remind you of his goodness in your life will wake you up spiritually. So it's powerful, and it's crafted. It needs to be crafted. And then we talked about how it's not yet even time to talk after that. It's time to look around. It's time to listen. It's time to find opportunities. God's going to cause intersections in your life with people that you never thought you would intersect with. God's gonna build bridges between you and people you never thought you would talk to them about Jesus. But the way that intersection is going to happen, the way that bridge is going to be built is not you talking but listening. People today need someone to listen. And when you listen to people, I mean really listen, and you look in their eyes and you hear what they're saying, it says to them, I value you. And when they understand that you value them, then they're going to, after they tell you their story, they're gonna say this, they're gonna say, now, enough about me. What about you? And when they say that, your door is wide open to share what Jesus has done in your life. And you don't come off with, hey, listen, man, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. Don't talk about what they need to do. Just talk about what he's done for you. And if you'll do that, then they'll say, like the man said in the Bible, what must I do? What must I do to have that kind of life? What must I do? And you'll be able to answer that. Well, we talked last week about the barriers to sharing our story, and the biggest barrier is fear. So we wanna talk about how to define our fears that will lead to defeating our fears. And we talked about one of the um, 
biggest fears when it comes to sharing your story, and that's the fear of rejection. We're afraid somebody's gonna hear our story and laugh at it. We're afraid somebody's gonna hear our story and think we're a religious nut, and there are some religious nuts out there. We're gonna, you know, afraid that we're gonna share our story and somebody is gonna, you know, um, just belittle us or embarrass us, and so we hold back, and we don't share it. We fear rejection, and God knew that you would fear rejection. God knew that everybody at one level or another fears being rejected. Nobody likes that. So he put this verse in the Bible. Look in Proverbs 29 and 25. The fear of man is a what? Dangerous trap. And we talked about seven traps that you can fall into if you're always worried about what people think. If you worry more about what people think than you do about what God thinks, there are traps that you can fall into that will make you ineffective as a child of God, ineffective in the kingdom of God. So um, I invite you to go online and listen to that message or you can purchase that message from our bookstore. Let me um, talk to you about another fear today, the fear of ignorance. Now the fear of ignorance we understand that ignorance just means you don't know. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't know if you were to be taught. It just means you don't know. And so we're afraid this fear of ignorance is a fear of not having the right answers. You know, that once we tell our story, somebody's going to ask us some deep Bible question. Or somebody's going to ask some deep spiritual question and we're not going to have the answer to it. And so, you know, we're like, um, okay, I'll tell you what. Um, and really, that's kind of a fear of rejection, too, because you, you think you're going to look stupid. You think you're going to look ignorant. You think you're going to look foolish. And so you're like, I know what I'll do. I'll take a lot of classes. I'll read a lot of books. Let me tell you something. You're never going to have all the answers. And there are some very intelligent people who have read the Bible more than you have who don't know the Lord. And when you talk to them about God, they're already ready, buddy. They got their Gatlin gun of questions that are going to shoot at you, and they can't wait to see your deer in the headlights look and how you don't even know what you're talking about, and they just kind of, huh, and walk away. But I'm going to tell you how to answer those people today. As a matter of fact, I wrote down a question that somebody may ask you, and I'm going to give you the answer to that question. Here's the question I thought of. What if somebody walked up to you after you shared your story and said this? What if somebody walked up and said, hey, I hear your story, but what is the eschatological nature of human suffering as it connects to a sovereign deity that appears like pantheism, but it's rooted in a free will utopia? Now, here's the answer to that. No habla English. Amen? Write that down. And if they go, well, you just told your whole story in English. No, just look at them and say, but that's all I know in English is, is my story. You know, so just trying to help you guys out. I'm here to be a blessing. See, that's why it is so important to tell your story. Because telling your story is the best way to introduce the gospel to people. You know what I've found? When I get real biblical with people, 
that's when they shoot those kind of questions. And I'm not, guys, you know I love the Bible. We're going to get biblical at some point in that relationship with that person you're trying to lead to the Lord. It's going to get biblical, but not in the beginning. You know, when I get real scriptural and biblical, that's when I begin to get those questions. But when I just say, hey, man, this is what I was. This is how I came to him. And I've got to tell you, this is just how it is now. And you don't look at them and go, you do, and you do, and you need to do, and you need to do. Just tell them your story. Because I have found that when you tell your story, people uh, usually won't question you like that. They usually won't bring those questions. Let's go back to the story we used last week about Peter and John. You know the setting. Peter and John prayed for a miracle of healing for the crippled man, and uh, God gave that miracle. You know, it's in the book of Acts chapter 4. And uh, the religious establishment, how many of you know we still got them around? The religious establishment didn't approve of what Peter and John had done. So they brought Peter and John to the high priest, and the high priest asked them. I'm sure they use that preacher voice when they ask them this question. You know, you ever heard guys who when you're talking to them normally, they sound one way? Uh, I'm talking about preachers here, pastors. But when they get in the pulpit, they have a whole other voice. They sound like they swallowed a steeple. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure they said, by what power or what name? Did you do this? And in Acts 4, 8 through 10, Peter gives his answer. It says, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I just say a Greek word right here? Booyow. <laughs> right there's the difference, boys and girls. Right there it is. Because a few pages earlier, we talked about it last week. You remember Peter denied Jesus, hung his head down when he was asked about Jesus, cursed and said, I tell you, I'm not a follower of this man. I mean, that is that scripture right there. If you'll go backward in your Bible about five or six pages, you'll find that story. And here we are just a few pages further, but something has happened to Peter. He was a follower of Jesus, but now he is a Holy Spirit follower field follower of Jesus. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, boy, his head's not hanging down now, is it? I, you know, I, I just kind of got this picture of that day when, when they said, hey, you're a follower of Jesus. You know, he kind of pulled that hood up over his head, you know, because he was in the hood. That's, that's as good as it's going to get right there. I mean, y'all can work with it or not. He pulled the hood up over his head. He's warming his hands by the enemy's fire. And they're shooting those questions at him. We know you. You're a follower. He's denying. He's denying. He's ashamed. He's embarrassed. He didn't want them to know who he is. But now he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He raises his voice and raises his head. And he says, I am so glad you asked. Rulers and elders of the people, hear ye, hear ye. Then he goes on, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, as far as I can tell, this is the first time a just because card was used. When he healed that guy, that guy went, man, how, why did y'all do this? And they were like, Whitley Church, dude, just because. All right, 
Some of y'all will get that later. If we are being called to account today for a random act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, I love this man. Look at the courage here. Then know this. If that, I mean, if you're asking us about this guy who was crippled from birth, now he's beyond the age of 40, which I consider a very young man, and he says, if you're asking me about that guy, and we healed him, he said, let me just tell you how we were able to heal him. Then you need to know, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and might I add, the one you crucified, I bet they wish they hadn't have asked. Don't you? I mean, I just think they were like, why did we ask? Why didn't we pull him in a side room? He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, whom you crucified, but don't worry about it because his daddy raised him from the dead. Amen, amen. He said that this man stands before you healed. Peter goes, man, don't look at us. I mean, Peter told the guy at the gate when he was crippled, he said, he said, it isn't gonna be us. He said, now you need to focus, you need to focus, you need to look here, quit worrying about money, quit worrying about getting alms from people, and look right here, because I'm about to give you something, God's about to give you something through us that's gonna be worth a lot more than money. And he got him to focus on him, and he began to pray, and, and strength came to those legs, and that man uh, was raised. Now last week, we saw again that Peter and John were not paralyzed by the fear of rejection. Let's go back to last week and look at Acts 4, 19 through 20. So they called the apostles back in. This is that same group calling the apostles back in. They didn't know what to do with these guys because the guy was healed. So they called them back in and told them, Peter and John, listen, Never again speak or teach about Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Now, I know we talked about that last week, but we didn't talk about the next sentence. Look what Peter says next. We cannot stop telling our story. We cannot stop telling the wonderful things. That's what your story is. We cannot stop telling the wonderful things we have seen and we have heard. I want you to get that spirit that Peter had. I can't stop telling. I can't stop talking. I'm not gonna shove it in anybody's face. I'm not gonna be that overbearing person that nobody wants to be around, but I'll tell you this, I'm gonna be a discerning Christian. And when that opportunity shows its face, I'm gonna be ready to give my story. Amen? Y'all with me out there? That's what God is saying to us. So what do we see here? We see no fear of human rejection. No fear. Why? Because they brought that fear out. God dealt with that fear. The way you get your fears defeated, guys, is don't hide them. Don't hide them. If you battle a phobia, if you battle a fear, and some of you may have anxiety attacks, you, there are just uh, some things going on with you, and, and maybe there are some, some things that, that are holding you back from doing what you believe God's called you to do and put in your heart, but you've got some fears about some things. I'm telling you how to defeat those things is you bring them out. You lay them out before God. Don't act like they're not there. Don't hide them. Don't not talk about them. Talk about them to people you trust, but 
primarily talk about them to God. You bring them out, define them, and they will be defeated. Wow, I remember when I was 17 years old and God called me to be a preacher. And uh, I was, you know, I I was so uh, thankful for that and so excited about that. And I remember calling my dad, was in a revival meeting in Gastonia. And I called my dad and I said, Dad, I I feel called to be a preacher. And I was expecting him to just, you know, really get emotional and excited. And and he said, don't you lie to me, boy. No, he said, he said, uh, he said, well, son, just, just make sure that you know it's God. And if you know it's God, he's gonna, he's gonna take care of you and give you everything you need. And I was like, really, that's it? You know, I want you to really be proud of me and excited, and he was. But see, my dad knew what the ministry was. He knew what the ministry could be like. And so my dad just said, just make sure it's God. Because he knew if I had a calling from God on my life, nothing would be able to stop me from doing what he had called me to do. And um, I remember... um, as I was uh, getting opportunities to speak because, I mean, I was Willard Hardison's son, you know. And so everybody knew my dad, and they were going, I heard your son is called to be a preacher. And dad's like, yeah. And they said, well, I want him to come preach for me. And I went, whoa, I didn't know people were actually going to want me to go speak somewhere, you know. And I remember how petrified, man, so petrified. And I would, I would study and study and study, and I'd preach 10 minutes and say the same thing five times in those 10 minutes. Now I can't shut up. Now I just can't get it all in. And I know y'all want to say amen to that, so go ahead. Thank you, thank you. But he says, he says we overcame the human rejection. You see, here, here's, here's how they overcame the rejection. See, when Peter was by the fire, his audience was people. He was trying to please people. He was trying to say what those people wanted him to say so he could blend in. You remember that from last week? But see, when Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit, he realized, I've got to change audiences. The audience is not people. Now that I'm a man of God, the audience is God. My audience is God. So I got to say and do what brings pleasure to God, not what brings pleasure to people. He said, I don't live for a human audience anymore. I live for God. And so we see the fear of human rejection going out the window. We see the fear of ignorance going out the window. Here's the truth I want you to go home with today. The truth I want you to get today is that you do not have to have all the right answers before you can tell your story. As a matter of fact, you're never going to have all the right answers. There are people who send me questions on Facebook and email, and they say, Pastor Farrell, I was just wondering about this, and I just appreciate so much the confidence y'all have in me, but I got to tell you, I look at some of those questions sometimes and go, whoa, I have no idea what the answer to that is, so let me do some study here. And so I'll do a little bit of study, but still sometimes there are things in the Bible that you know what the answer to that, to the meaning of that thing in the Bible is? Who knows? There's some stuff we're not going to know and fully understand until we get to heaven. The Bible says we we see through a glass darkly right now. We see through a smoky glass. We see through a, but when that which is perfect is come, and who is that? Then we will see as we are seen. We will know as we are known. 
So there's some things you're never going to be able to answer. And so don't feel like that you have to do that. It's like that guy. And by the way, I really need to clarify this story for you because I know y'all are so confused if you really don't know the Bible that well. <laughs> C and I camel. Give me a break. Okay. Great, great skit by the kids. Great. But let's look at that blind guy. As a matter of fact, before we talk about the blind guy, y'all do know that God healed one blind man by just touching him. God healed another blind man by just using spittle without the dirt. So he didn't make the mud, he just used spittle. And then on another occasion, he mixed the spittle with mud and put it in his eyes. And in all three uh, situations, he was, the blind man was healed in all of those situations. Now, I know people look for a deep meaning all the time, but I believe Jesus was just messing with us. You see, we, we, we are so guilty. You know why there's, and, and I'm, not, I'm not picking on denominations. I mean, we're in a denomination, you know. I'm not picking on denominations. But good grief, man, we're all serving the same Jesus, reading out of the same Bible. Can you imagine how we could impact this community if we could all get together? Amen, amen. But buddy, we got our, well, I don't know about the predestination of the saints. And so we, I'm going to start my church because I see that a little different than you do. And we got churches all over the place, which is fine. But what if we just kind of all got together and worked together to shine the light into our dark, lost communities? Amen, amen. I just dream about that sometimes. You know, I think three denominations were born, the Mudites, the Spitites, and the Touchites. And they all established a discipline and they all established denominational headquarters <laughs> and they all criticized each other because God only does it one way and it's our way. You know, give me a break. So he didn't have all the right answers, this blind, blind guy. The Bible says in John 9 that after he was healed, everybody comes up to him. They want to know the details about Jesus. You know, they're not rejoicing with the guy because he can see. They're going, whoa, 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 who, who, who healed you? Who, who is this Jesus? Who is he? What do you say about him? Who do you say he is? They start asking him all these theological questions. And the guy looks, hey, and he goes, hey, man, listen, I don't know the man. I really don't know the man. I don't know that much about him. And all, all I know is I was blind. You know what a blind guy was saying? He was saying, you know, all I can do is tell you what happened to me. All I can do is tell you, I used to be blind, I met Jesus, now I can see. So all I got is a story. I don't have theology, I don't know the Greek word. I mean, he may have knew some Greek words because he was living back then, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know all the theological ramifications of what he has done. All I know is I was blind and now I see. Let me just, I, I kind of wrote down, you know, I started thinking about if somebody comes up and asks you guys a question about God, let's say you share your story, and somebody comes up to you and, and they start doing this to you, what they did to this blind guy. They just start firing these questions, because I have that all the time. As a matter of fact, I, I get challenged right up here, right after I preach sometimes. People will come up and challenge me, and they'll have questions, you know. People, you know, people come to church sometimes, and they're very, very skeptical, and they're very, very, um, 
They think they can, uh, they think they can uh, uh, find a loophole or they can find contradictions in the Bible. And I've been challenged right here in the altar after a sermon. Um, and so I thought about you, you know, I know you guys are out there in the world and you're at work and you're at school and, and you're in your uh, community activities and all of that. And I thought about uh, when you share your story, because some of you are beginning to do that and I'm, I'm getting emails of people who go, Pastor, hey man, I wrote this. What do you think? What do you think about this? this is, I think this might be my story. And I'm so proud of you for doing that. And I hope you'll keep doing that. And I hope you'll go to shareyourstory.cc because that's our website. That's not just a website where, um, that somebody created. You know, That's us. That, that's our website. So go there after you've worked on it and put your story there. And we'll talk to you about that. But you say, well, Pastor, what do I say? What do I say when I've shared my story and, and some guy who knows a lot more about the Bible but doesn't know Jesus starts firing these questions at me? What do I say? Here's a response. Here's a response. And this isn't a joke. My no hobla English. Use that one till you get this one down, Pat. But um, let, me, let me just give you a response. If you don't know the answer to it, um, just say you don't know. Say, man, I don't know. I don't know that. I haven't studied that. I haven't read about that. I don't really know anything about that. That's a great question, though, I got to tell you, because I'm wanting to learn more about Jesus, too. And, I, you know, I'm a baby Christian. And so thank you for that question. I, I got to tell you, now that you've asked me such a great question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find an answer, because I want to know the answer to that, if I can. Um, find that answer. I'm going to try to find it, and I'm going to talk to my pastor. And I got a feeling that in 2,000 years of Christianity, somebody's probably asked that question before, and there's probably an answer um, out there. And I'm going to find that for me. And and when I find it, I'm going to I'm going to let you know what I found. But sir, here's what I do know. I was blind, spiritually blind but now I see. And sir, here is what I do know. My life used to be like this, and you'll have to describe that. But now, since I found Jesus, my life is like this. I, I, I really don't know about predestination, and I really don't know about election, and I really don't know about the impeccability of Jesus, and I really don't know a lot of things about the Bible, but I'm gonna get in some Bible studies and learn but I can tell you this, he's changed my life. My life has been changed. Oh, so you're perfect. No, 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 sir. I mess up, man. I mess up. And sometimes those old ways come back. And, but, but he forgives me. And, and I used to go through stuff by myself. And now he's right there with me. I used to be committed to the world's way. Now I'm committed to his way. And ever since I've done that, I still have rough times. I still have hard times. I still have times I don't understand. But he's always right there with me. And he walks with me. So don't let your fears paralyze you. Because if you do, you will sit on your story. You won't tell it. And when you sit on your story and you don't tell your story, the people who need to hear your story will go on in their pain. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? There are people God has predestined to hear your story. 
And it isn't like if you don't share your story, you know, that God's going to immediately send Pastor Farrell or God's going to immediately send Millie or God's going to immediately send Mike and Leanne. It's like if you don't tell your story, somebody's going to go on hurting. Somebody's going to go on in pain. You've got to remember this. And I'm putting a little pressure out there on you today. Somebody in pain needs to know that they're not alone in this world. They need to know that the suffering that they are under, this pile of pain that they are under, you've been delivered from that pile of pain. God touched you and set you free from it, and you need to look at them and go, hey, my friend, listen, I hear you, but there's a way out. I hear you, but there's a way out. I know this because God got me out of the exact same situation you're dealing with. I used to be under it, but now God has taken me and put me on top of it. And it doesn't weigh me down anymore. You see, there's somebody in your world. There's somebody in the world you live in. You say, well, I'm in a little world, Pastor. I'm telling you, I hardly get out of Wayne County. But there's a lot of lost people in Wayne County, a lot of lost people in Johnston County who need to hear your story. You don't have to go across the water. You don't have to go far. That person could be across your backyard fence. That person could be the one you say good morning to at the post office, at the grocery store. There's somebody in your sphere of influence who's lonely and hopeless. They feel hopeless. Listen, they feel like you did. They feel just like you did before Jesus came and helped you and brought you through your situation, and they need to hear you tell that story. There's someone who's lived their whole life without God. They need to hear about how you came to know God. See, it isn't your story they need. It isn't you so much, but it's the God you bring to them. That's it. I just, just love that story about how Andrew just brought Jesus and went and got Peter and just brought them together. And Peter saw eyes that were not looking at him. He saw eyes that were looking into him. And Peter didn't know much about this Jesus, but he knew this, that guy knows everything I've ever done wrong. And I don't know how he knows it, but I can tell he's looking inside me. But you see, Peter also, I believe, knew that Jesus didn't see him for what he was but he saw him for what he could be. See, that's the wonderful thing about Jesus. He doesn't see you for what you were. He doesn't see you for what you are. He sees you for what he's gonna make out of you if you will give your life to him today. There's somebody out there that needs to know how God changed your life. There's somebody in your life, in your family, that's caught up in a lifestyle of sin and darkness. And they need to hear the story of somebody who has found light. See, your story again, it points them to God. Points them to God. Your story will reveal to them the power of God to change a person's life for now and eternity. So who's gonna be helped when you tell your story? Who's gonna be healed when you tell your story? Who is gonna know the forgiveness of sin because you pushed through the fear and told your story? Who's going to be in heaven? instead of hell, because you said, I don't care if I'm laughed at. I don't care if they ask me a question I can't answer. I'm gonna tell my story. You see, the myth of Christianity is this. The myth of Christianity is that if you're gonna help other people, 
you got to have it all together. You got to have answers to all the questions and you got to have your life all together. What a joke. What a joke. We're a bunch of broken people. Every single one of us, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, I don't care how many Bible studies you've been to, I don't care if you've got so many theological degrees, you look like a thermometer. I'm telling you right now, we're all broken people. And every single day of our lives, it's a struggle in this world to say no to the temptations of our flesh and yes to Jesus. Rise up every morning and say, though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, got us a cross, amen. The world behind me, no turning back. No turning back. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all the answers. See, here's what you need to understand. God uses ordinary, imperfect people just like me, just like you, just like Peter, and just like John to do amazing things in his kingdom. Matter of fact, Acts 4.13, look at this verse. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the what? No fear, baby. Rednecks ain't scared. <laughs> Amen. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they were amazed at this, for they could see that these were ordinary men with no Anybody relate to that? Amen. Amen. They were, re and, and then I love that last sentence. But they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Now listen, that's all that matters. I know some great theologians. I know some smart people, but they hadn't been with Jesus in a long time. So there's no power. There's no anointing. There's no cutting edge to their words and to their ministry. Thank God for good training. I've been to Bible college. I, I graduated eighth in my class. There were eight in my class. But, but still, you know, I didn't have to say that last part, and y'all would have gone out going, he's awesome. Um, my, I graduated from a little tiny Bible college in the last town God made. Done. You know, God just did it, and then he went, done. And uh, I mean, there's got to be a place for Pharaoh to go to school, so done. <laughs> and so, you know, and the school I graduated from, wonderful school. We've had uh, members of our staff go there, and Andrew Price, that young man who's doing our kids' ministry, he graduated from, it's a great school, it's a wonderful school, the quality is good, but it's, a, it's not an accredited school. They don't have the money to have a library big enough and do all the things to have the accreditation of a, of a Campbell University or, or some other great um, seminary or something like that. But I knew it was good teaching and I knew what I would get there was what I needed to do, what God had called me to do. But if somebody looked at my certificate and, and they, they uh, researched it, they go, he's had no great training. Matter of fact, I was thinking about my funeral this week. 
been thinking about my funeral a lot lately. Um, um, you know, if somebody just stood up at my funeral and went, Farrell Hardison uh, was just an ordinary guy. Farrell was just a guy that really had no special training, but I gotta tell you, I could tell he had been with Jesus. Man, if I can just have that right there said, because that's what matters. That's why you will see preachers be way more effective who haven't had the special, and I'm not against education, I'm not against training, I think you need to get everything you can get, but if you're in ministry, you gotta be with Jesus. That's where the cutting edge comes from. That's where the ability to penetrate comes from. I'd love for people to say at my funeral, he cared about other people and he listened to their story and after he listened to their story, then he'd tell them his story. And Pharaoh's story always shined light on God's story. Can I tell you who Pharaoh Hardison is? I'm a beggar. And I have found some bread. And I want to find some other beggars who have no bread. And I want them to eat of the bread I have found. We're all a bunch of beggars. Do you understand? That if God withdrew his hand of mercy and grace and provision, you would be consumed in a moment. The enemy waits to consume you. The enemy waits to consume you and suck you into hell, but for the grace of God and the mercy of God and the love of God, because of that, you sit here today hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, come to him today. You see, the most important story isn't yours. It's God's story. God's the one who changes life. God is the one who gives us a story that is simply a reflection of him. Our story, if it doesn't point people to God, then it's no good. That's why we gotta share it and live it out. Now, I didn't put this scripture on the screen because here's what I want you to do while I read this last scripture. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to listen to these words of Jesus from probably the most famous sermon Jesus ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. I want you to just forget about Pharaoh Hardison, forget about where you are, and I want you to hear the words of Jesus. Just hear these words in your heart today. Jesus says to you, Jesus says to Whitley Church, Jesus says to me right now, this is what Jesus is saying. You are the light of the world. I have made you like a city on a mountain, glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand and let it shine for all to see. But don't just talk. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out. Let your lifestyle, your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And everybody look at me. Listen to me. Don't hide your story. Don't be intimidated by the fear of rejection. 
and the fear of ignorance. Let people hear it. Someone out there desperately needs your story. Father God, we thank you so much today for this series. This is the last sermon in our series that it has touched my heart. And it has come at a time in my personal life when I understand the power of story, of somebody coming up. This week, so many have sent me emails because they know what has happened in my life with my youngest son, and they have sent me emails and said, Pastor, I've never told anybody this. I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten this week and Facebook messages that begin with, Pastor, I never told anybody this before, but I feel like I need to tell you the story. My father used to be, my brother used to be, some of those stories say, I used to be. And then they say, but we came through. And now my brother knows Jesus. And now my daddy knows Jesus. And now my mom knows Jesus. And pastor, I used to be where your son is. And I know Jesus and I'm following Jesus. So pastor, don't give up. Don't give up, pastor. Here's my story, man. You get hold of this story. And I want to tell you all that I've got hold of your stories this week. And you have helped me and healed me and my wife, my family. You've put hope where there was hopelessness. So, Father, help the people understand the power of their story. And help them not to ever be intimidated out of telling their story. Now, Father, I pray another prayer for the person who hasn't come to Jesus yet. I know sitting here in this room right now are people who don't know you yet. And they've got excuses. I mean, they've talk, they talk about hypocrites in the church, and they talk about they know a preacher one time that did something bad, and they just kind of use all that stuff for excuses. Father, I pray that you will help them today to understand that those excuses will not matter on judgment day. They will not matter. They will not help them. And we're not pointing people to Farrell Hardison. Farrell Hardison will fail you. We're not pointing people to Whitley Church or the bridge. Whitley Church, the bridge, will fail you. Organizations men create will fail you. Men will fail you. We're trying to help people see you, Lord Jesus. See, it's not our story, really, but it's our story of what you have done in our life. We're trying to point people to you. I pray that if there's a man or a woman, a boy or girl who don't know you, that today they will say, Lord Jesus, I want this to be the best Christmas ever in my life, and I know the only way that's gonna happen is if I'm serving you, and so I give you my life. No more running just say that to God right now. God, no more running, no more excuses. I need you in my life. Pharaoh Hart is an imperfect, Whitley Church isn't perfect. There's no perfect man or woman, no perfect church. So God, I fix my eyes upon you today. I need a savior that won't fail me. And you're the only one. You're the only one who died and rose from the dead. You died on the cross for my sins. You rose from the dead to give me life.
And I receive you today as my Savior. I kind of thought when I made that decision, if I ever did, that I would be in the altar or I would be, it would be a very emotional, it would be a big event. But God's sitting right here on this chair in this country church. I'm asking you now to take over my life. And I'm gonna fail you, I know I will. I'm gonna fall down and skin my knee. I'm gonna rebel against you and I'm gonna I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, but Lord, I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. I want to be adopted into your family today. So I'm asking you, Lord, adopt me. Adopt me as your son today. Adopt me as your daughter today. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, quick testimony. If you prayed that prayer today, would you just slip your hand up in boldness and put it right back down? Just put it right up and right back down. God bless you. I see you. see you. Everybody look this way. The Bible says when somebody makes that decision, heaven rejoices. So we're going to rejoice. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to go back to the guest table and meet our new attendees and our team of prayer ministers are going to be up here. Some of the staff will be up here. If you'd like to have special prayer, pray for sickness, or if you'd like to know more about Jesus, or if you have some questions, please bring them to the altar today. God bless you, and Merry Christmas. So glad you're here today. God bless you. <laughs>